God is the God of the universe. God is the God of everybody. And that is what John was referring to when he said that the one that does not love does not know God. But the confidence that you must have in the word of God from within, that deep assurance, heaven is a state of happiness which comes as a result of living a useful life. The heavenly pursuit is usefulness. The heavenly pursuit is love. The wisdom of God, it is universal. It is universal because it does not belong to a certain set. Hallelujah. Yeah, so what have we been talking about? The heavenly vision, right? Yeah. And in that is the pursuit of spirituality. I'll be making the point that you see, some of the things they didn't explain to us early. You see, I'm sure if they explained it to us early, like we would not have driven here, we would have just appeared here. And when we get down there, we just do this at them, like a Chinese movie. We just ascend them. But we still thank God that we are able to understand these things now. You see, because Human beings, we are interesting. We are interesting people. Um, any opportunity to not touch the things we love will take that opportunity. So when we also hear a message that is such that we can just receive it and store it in our memory and feel from time to time that we are spiritual, which every human being can feel that. No matter how your life is, we can sink and maybe worship God. And for a season, you may feel like you have touched something beyond your usual natural external experience. You get it. But you've not touched much. Like what I was explaining concerning revelation. At a time when we say we have revelation, it's just that we have now seen something we didn't know. You understand? It's not about a spiritual knowledge of the truth. It's just still a natural knowledge. Just that it has hit us. It's, it's a surprising information. Do you get it? So if you say, ah, received a powerful impartation. At times, we can have certain experiences that are still in the natural. For instance, some of you, maybe you can feel touched by the Lord and you feel like your body is shaking, right? You feel like, and you think that the fact that your body is shaking or those things it's the spiritual experience. No, that's not the spiritual experience. The spiritual experience is inside you. That's most likely in this case is causing your body to vibrate. So the source of the vibration is not external. It is internal. And for you to maximize the experience, you must pick that information. You understand that? You must pick it. That's why when you have certain experiences, your next place to go to is to commit yourself to prayer. And give yourself intensely to prayer. Because in that, some of the experiences you have acquired, that spiritual knowledge you have acquired inside, it comes out. Actually, that's what prayer is. Prayer is a way of making contact with your, with the allowable information. The allowable spiritual information. The spiritual information that you have qualified for in the way that you have lived your life. That's what prayer does. So if you don't live your life in a certain way, there are no spiritual doors open to you. And because of that, your prayer is not anything. That's why if you push hard enough in prayer, you will make contact with evil spirits and they'll convince you that they are God. And then you follow them and your life will become some way. See? 
So prayer is just you accessing what through the way you have lived your life in obedience to God, you are capable of accessing. That's why we say that the actual prayer is a life of obedience. Because that's what gives you the access to the spiritual knowledge. You get it? But times the spiritual knowledge is said that because we are in the flesh, it's not apparent. If we took off the flesh, every spiritual knowledge you have will be apparent all the time to you yourself. It will be obvious to you yourself. But because of the flesh, the flesh always is trying to hold us in this realm. You get it? It's trying to force our attention here. And we can't do anything about it because we are not done with this, our life. You get it? So we have to cope. But the way to then try to live in the consciousness of the spiritual knowledge you gain within is to then be prayerful, is to engage yourself in what is spiritual. Please you understand that. So if you're a prayerful person, it means that even if you have 2% small spiritual knowledge, that 2% will be maximized because then it will always be before you. It's something that is always stirred up in you. If you have 50% and you are not prayerful, that 50, it will be like you don't have anything. Even the 2% person may do more than you. Do you understand that? Yeah. In the future, I'll explain this to you more. But again, when you die, your 50% is still yours. Do you get it? But in terms of your life here and how you express what it is that you have gained from the Lord, you have to be prayerful. Hallelujah. And the more you engage yourself that way, the more the spiritual contact you have made actually comes to the fore. Amen. Amen. Yeah, so that's the nature of the life we've been called to, to make contact with the spirit of truth. And if we knew this earlier, I'm sure we'd be better off. But because we have also known a certain way of life, we easily try to slip back into that way of thinking. For instance, the thinking that you are something by your multitude of learning, right, is something you should cancel from your head. You should not let it be there a bit so that you have the chance to call upon it. You should turn your back on that thinking totally. You should turn your back on it. So that anytime you are learning, it should be like giving yourself to learning. It should be in your mind that this is just the first step. And that's to learn, to read a lot. You see, at times you can learn a lot and forget why you are learning. Because the flesh will still enter. Any opportunity for the flesh to enter, it will take it. Even if it can enter for two seconds, it will take that. It will not say, ah, two seconds, then the year then. It will remember. No, any opportunity for the flesh to enter, it will enter. And at times, when we are even learning, maybe before we are not giving ourselves to learn, before we are not, we are not giving ourselves to the messages, maybe before we are not reading any book that will teach us something spiritual, and now you are reading it. The enemy will convince you that now that you are reading it, you have become something spiritual. Because, you see, there's a different feeling that you had when you are not reading and learning and listening to the messages. And now that you are doing it, there's a different feeling also. You actually feel uh, like you feel full of something. You get it? Now that you are doing it. Your problem is that the enemy will convince you that that is spirituality. But that's not spirituality. Yeah, you are still in the flesh. You are still in the external. Just that in the external, there are different aspects that you have not known. And because it's a new aspect and it is nice, you can easily conclude that you are in the spirit. 
yet. So you can read and you'll be understanding things. Things that we're not joining together will be joining together for you, right? And you can easily conclude that that is revelation, but that is not revelation. It's just still in your mind. That's in your external mind. It's not in the inner man. So things, before there was chaos in your head concerning these things that are being taught. So now the things are joining and you're even, when you, you, are, you can explain a few things here and there and you see that no, Adreno, eh, organize it, right? And the enemy will be there to help you conclude that that is spiritual experience. And then you rest on that. So now you have become very knowledgeable. You have become very skilled in explaining things. You see, so you feel like ah, you're a spiritual person now. Now you are puffed up. That's what you have become. Puffed up is not like you are some. It's, it's a simple thing. Puffed up is a deception. You are falling into a self-deception because puffed up is an appearance of something huge. But when we open it, we see that there's nothing inside. Puffed up is an empty barrel, right? And once you have just the knowledge of the truth, it gives you the impression that you are something. And at times, that's the feeling we have. And because we feel that way, we stop there because it's like, that is it. But if knowledge alone puffs you up. But Paul said, it is charity that edifies. This charity here is a life according to that knowledge. So a life of obedience is charity. You understand that? Yeah. But you have to understand also that there are two types of charity. There's a charity that leads to charity. And there's a charity that is from charity. I sound very powerful. No, no, my point is that there's a charity that you have not become spiritual yet, but you are trying to obey God, right? And in that process of obeying God, what you are doing is still charity. But the value or the quality of that charity is low. But when you are being transformed and you now come to the place of spirituality, where your heart is full of love, divine love. Now you still do things. So for instance, if you were, let's say the two of you, you are friends. So you are helping her. Now when you are helping her, what you do, you have to fight your own selfish interest and all that. Otherwise, by the time you realize you are not helping her, you are helping yourself. On the outside, it looks like you are helping her. But on the inside, you are trying to maybe gain an advantage over her, gain some level of superiority over her. Because if you are the one that is helping her out of, her trouble, then she come to love you, right? So now it is that love you are chasing as you are trying to help her. You get it? So now you have to battle that. As you are battling that, you are not sitting down to battle it. You are battling it in the process of helping her. So as you are helping her, these things will be popping up to be the reason why you are helping her. It will pop up to instruct you as to how you should even help her and when you should help her so you can get this. Thing. So if you are stopping yourself, then how you help her will be affected, but you still be helping her. Then as you do this, you change. Okay, and then you come to the place where these things don't fight you again because you have overcome them, but you still be helping her. So if you're helping her by giving five cities a day, you will still be helping her by giving five cities a day. The first one, it looks the same as the second one, but the difference is that the in, inside of it, the motive and the thoughts have changed. You get it? So the first one is charity, but that is a charity that leads to the proper charity. The second one is charity, but it's a charity that is coming from charity. So it's coming from the actual love that must be in the heart. The first one, the love is not in the heart, but in doing so, you come to that place where the love is in the heart. The second one, the love is now in the heart and you do what is of love. Please understand that. Uh, so when Paul says that charity edifies or builds up, the meaning of the edifies to build into a house. And the idea is that the Lord will be the one inhabiting that house. 
A house is like a vessel. So in the scriptures, we are the house of God. So our God will dwell there. We are the temple of God. Then we are also vessels. Okay, so to edify is to be built into a vessel or a house in whom the Lord will be able to live. You get it? And it is this life of charity, which is a life of obedience, that builds you up into that vessel. So knowledge alone will puff you up. You get it? It will give you an impression that something is inside you, which should be the Lord, right? Then charity rather builds you up into that dwelling place of the Lord. Please understand that. Now, our problem is that like, like, all of us have a long way to go. Some of us think that our first step will bring us into the spirit. No. Some of us will take a lot of steps and will still be in the external till we finally take the next step and then it will bring us into the spirit. Because we have ground to cover even in the external things. Please understand that. We have ground to cover even in the external things. So at times, your ground will be that you have to understand truth. So I explained to you uh, the last time, it will give you a chance. If you have clarity as to what it is that you believe in terms of the truth you have, it will improve your chances of winning when the enemy attacks you. Because the enemy, when he's staring evil in you, will always use a misunderstanding you have, which will be that break in your armor. So if you have a break in your armor, the enemy will use it. And the enemy has an affinity towards that break in your armor. The enemy is that person that always will find your weak spot and will use that weak spot to tempt you. So you think you are strong, but you have a hidden weak point, right? Then you find that one. If you think the enemy has not found it, don't worry. The enemy is like, you see those days, Barcelona, how they play the tiki-taka. The thing about the tiki-taka is that the one in control, who, who is a midfielder, like in this case, maybe Javi or Iniesta, right? They know the pass that they will be making maybe in the next maybe 30 seconds. So when they come here, the person they will pass to, they know that this the person will pass to, but they will walk away from that pass and pass here. Then they will, they know that they will pass here, but they won't pass there again. Because you, the opponent, you know that that's where they should pass to. So they won't pass. Then they will pass to someone else. They will pass to someone. Then you conclude that, ah, then they will not be passing here, right? So the next time you, you have parked all your players in this direction, because that's where they've been parked, passing, then their player is waiting on the touchline. Then he, the player is alone. You see, that's the enemy. So if you think that the enemy hasn't seen your weak point, relax. It's tiki taka. You see, it's tiki taka. The enemy knows, but you are very aware now. There will be a time where you become so arrogant that you think that even though the weak point exists, it does not exist. You can feel that way. You think, oh, even though there's evil in your heart, there's no evil in your heart, that kind of feeling. Then the enemy will strike you. And you find that in those cases, you make major decisions that may ruin your life. It may dig a hole that maybe... <laughs> 15 years, 20 years, you are now trying to come out of it. Or you may even conclude that you can't come out and then that becomes the end of you. So you don't leave that space in your armor. And that's what, that's why we must gather truth and understanding with agency. With agency before the enemy attacks. When the enemy has not attacked you, you are like the ant, right? You must make your food and prepare for the dry season. The dry season is the attack. So when God gives you relief, when God gives you relief from attack, well, we are not always under attack. Are we always under attack? No. There are some things you can't do when you are under attack. And that is to organize your armory and prepare and stand. When you are under attack, it's chaos. 
So when God gives you the freedom, when you are not under attack, like you don't feel like anything is pressing on you at the moment, it is a time for you to prepare for the attack. Do you understand that? We are always supposed to be preparing for the attack. And one way to prepare for the attack is to gather the information as much as possible. So you can be sitting there and say, oh, you are fine, you are fine. Your, your, your lack of uh, learning spiritually and getting understanding spiritually, there's nothing wrong. Like, nothing will hit you, you are fine. And you learn things at your convenience. If you understand life, you should be devouring things and you should be watching your back and hoping that the enemy is not coming yet till you are ready. So you waste your time, right, sitting there and preparing for battles that are not battles, which is the flesh one, the material life issues. But there are real spiritual battles you should be preparing for. Real ones. So if you are not under attack, now prepare, because you'll be under attack soon. Ruth, you don't like that idea. Oh, yes. But that's how life is. It won't change. And I'm sure as you are growing, you'll see it. Because now you have become so aware of life. In Tiubehu and the social media, so you can see the evil that goes on and that you know that you are no exception. You even think that you want to pray. So you find somebody who prays more than you and seeks God more than you fall into trouble. Then you see that, hey, you too, you fall into trouble. So you fall into trouble one day. You get it? Yeah. Actually, it will come. God has made it so that we are not always under attack because then we can't have time to breathe and to prepare and to win the next battle. But battles will come. Battles will come. Maybe yesterday you are even fighting a battle. There's a smaller battle. You get it. Everybody knows the battle that will beat them. Like I was sitting there, you know that this wife, I meet it, you see. So prepare for it because you meet it. So now you are fighting smaller battles, right? So fight them well. Maybe there's a small battle. Maybe, maybe you don't have a job. So now maybe this is your battle. You know, this thing on the outside, you think your trouble is that you need a job. But your problem is what will be fighting you on your mind when you lie there, when you want to be hopeful, and the thing that will flood your mind. The thing that will flag your mind. Thing, I, I saw in a vision, right? One of us, I'll tell you who. And I'm not even telling the person because it was for me, but this will support what I'm saying. The person was sitting there, grown up, and then the person jumped out of his or her seat, right? If I say one, it will limit the sound of this case. The person jumped out of his or her seat, right? And then I saw this when Friday. Right. The person jumped out of his her seat, and as they jumped out, they became a little child. Right? And it was not a nice little child. It's that midget looking little child, some. So it's like, it's, it's a negative thing. When you're a child, you're adorable. Be like a child, you inherit the kingdom of God, right? But when you are another type of child, it means that you have not taken opportunity to develop. So you are stunted in your good. That's an evil child. Do you get it? Yeah. So when the person jumped, he or she became this. And the person started shouting, I won't do this again. I won't do this again. And the person was bored. And it was like something hit the person. Right? Where they were sitting. And the reality that they were like a child this way, it was always the case. 
but it was that thing that hit the person that made the person jump and then showed up now as a child for everybody to see and for they themselves to also see that that is what they are. And the funny thing about it is that they were offended. I'm using they, them now. That's the pronoun. I've been following the nonsense going on. <laughs> so the person found out that, hey, this is what they are, but they were offended too. So they said they won't do whatever again, they won't do whatever. Again. Or something specific, they won't do it again, they won't do it again. You see? And, and the, the, the evil day will come. Right? The Bible talks about the evil day, right? The evil day here is temptation. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the what? Evil day. So everybody has their evil day. Maybe you're even having one now, but it's not big enough. So there's an evil day you can brush off. Do you see? I, at the beginning of the year in January, I suffered an evil day. You understand? That evil day was an evil day of evil days. It's so evil that I can't even tell you. The name. <laughs> it's like, imagine the worst thing that can happen. And then it happened. Do you see? Yeah. But what if you are not prepared in that evil day? That evil day was an evil day that would destroy everything. But you see, you didn't know. Do you see? You didn't know. But do you know what, by the grace of God, that evil day was used for? Eh? It was used to ascend. And that's what I use the evil day for. Because the evil day has come. If it has come, then what else will we do with it? We can just lie there and, oh, and then waiting for it to pass, right? Or we can also use it to become something. So by the time we are done with the evil day or the evil period, we wonder if it was good, it happened, or it wasn't good. We see the game, right? We say, God, it is a bad thing that befell us. But do you see? We still feel like, hey, it's a good thing. Because of what came out of it. You get it? But if you are not prepared for the evil day, that's the end of your life. And that's where people come out and they are shattered beyond recognition. They won't even tell them about God. They don't want to hear. They don't understand him. It's like the little pretense has been squeezed out of them by life. You see, we can pretend to be spiritual. The little pretense. So you don't have, you are stripped naked. Then when they tell you anything about God, it becomes difficult for you to assimilate. It's because the evil they met you and you were not prepared. Hallelujah. You are not prepared. But God is always trying to prepare you for the evil day. The Bible talks about that there's no temptation without escape, right? That together with the temptation, God makes an escape plan for you. But you are not learning your escape plan for your next evil day now because the evil day hasn't come. Do you see? But it's a blessing when the evil day comes and you are prepared for it. Not that you feel like, ah, it's not an evil day. No, it's an evil day. It's an evil day, but you are prepared for it. So you win. And the winning is not even about the change, right? 
The winning is inside. You dominate the evil day. You rise above it to the point where the impact of the evil day is not felt. We explain how suffering is. The external thing is happening, but your actual suffering is on the inside. And with the right preparation, you can win the suffering on the inside. If you won your internal battles, right, nothing outside you is anything. You see, when you don't have money, you see the troubles that come with money, it is not in the fact that you don't have money. It is going on. It's your reaction to you not having money. When you ascend and you win this battle, right, you may still not have money. But your reaction will not be this. It is your reaction to the fact that you don't have money that is troubling you now. It's not the fact that you don't have money. You have to look at life well. That's what's troubling. You can win that one. When you win it, you may still not have money. But you'll be walking with your chest out. And you'll be enjoying life. I'm telling you. You can't enjoy life not because of your limitation but because of what you think about your limitation. You can enjoy life not because some things have not aligned for you in the world. No, it's because of what you think about it. It's like a broken heart. If you try to chase Harriet and Harriet says no, you can go and hide in your room, right? And then cry for the next three weeks. And then you come out because you really built up an affection for her. right? But what if you also just said, if you don't like me, then it means that you don't even deserve me. Because my standards are high. I'm not willing to go on with anybody who doesn't like me. So you're lost. You don't even spend one minute with a broken heart. Because there's a strength here that has fought against the possibility of broken heart. But the situation is still the same. You were rejected. You get it. For instance, if you are like going to chase a girl again, you have a low self-esteem. So... The girl accepting you was going to do very well for your low self-esteem. So it's going to boost your confidence in life. You get it. So as she has rejected you, you are down. But what if you built your self-esteem in spite of whatever is going on around you? You see, you can walk away. If she says no, okay, okay. Who next? <laughs> you see, so you think that your problem is what is happening. I'm telling you, your problem is not that your husband is not affectionate enough. Your problem is that you live on that. But that's not spiritual. You can live on something else. And now you can take your time for your, your husband to learn how to be affectionate. Your problem is not that your wife is not respectful enough. You feed on respect from men. When you are able to overcome your need for respect from men, you can now relax for your wife to learn how to respect you. And it may take 15 years. Because that respect will be born out of you having to prove yourself over and over and over. That's proper respect. Now, I don't want you to respect me when you don't know anything about me. What kind of respect is that? But when I live with you consistently in a certain approach to life, and you see the wisdom in that approach, then we sit down and take in, sir. In the future, right? You bring your sir. Come and give your homage. Uh-huh. Now, that is proper respect. So if you start marrying, your wife shouldn't respect you. What have you suffered? What have you brought to this world? What have you done? What, what have you shown? What wisdom have you shown? Just because you're a man, we should accept whatever you are saying. What do you think? But she too, she doesn't have a mind. She doesn't have a mind. Yeah, I'm telling you things I know, not from reading somebody's book. From practice. Do you understand? From practice. 
You know, I receive homage. You see, I receive homage. You think, how did we get it? You, when you meet this homage being paid, you say that, hey, pastor has got the best wife, right? Why is my wife not doing this for me? No, no, we came from somewhere of suffering disrespect, suffering disrespect, suffering disrespect, right? And what is the problem? Because you are thinking it's disrespect, but the person is also not seeing it your way. Entire by force. And also agreeing, right? When you met the person, the person was having a mind and was using it to think. And you saw the person say, ah, I like you. Yeah, now that you have married the person, the person shouldn't think again. If you claim to have a greater wisdom, wisdom is only shown in the way it deals. And it's not one day, because one day can be random. It means you stumbled into the thing. But when it's done consistently over years, you see, I mean, how do we respect people? It's only people who have proven themselves. You understand that? Let me tell you, the respect you have for me, I stand there. You didn't give me the respect to. It wasn't a gift from you. I took it from you. I took that respect. By killing myself when you were not seen, I took that respect. You understand that? How, do you think human beings give respect freely? Have you seen some before? The people you respect, you just find, ah, I'm going to just respect you as a gift. No. It was taking. You understand that? The fact that you think I'm wise, you think what you just saw me say, this person will look like a wise person. No. Because I enter your heart in a way that you yourself, you don't even know. <laughs> Some of the things, I even explain yourself to you before you yourself come to terms with yourself, right? Why, do, why what happened? Things happened that you didn't see. And it was not one day, it was consistent. Himself, when you came to church, you spy us, you spy your pastor in a certain way, right? I was telling the leaders the, the last time I came that the reason why I put Pastor Jonathan here as your pastor is not because at the time that I was bringing him here, he was the most gifted amongst the pastors in Kumasi. And I said, oh, go. No, there were others that were gifted uh, than him. Right? And others that will be more charismatic easily. And she once about being charismatic, you can easily gather people. Right? There are others that were like that. There are people that also they had a different role, so they were not going to come. But the reason why I brought him here is that I knew that he would be the one to survive the attacks of this leadership. It's a marathon. He will survive it. Do you know what he must survive? It's not the external ones. What he must survive is the pressure that the enemy brings on the inside. And he will survive it. And so he will stand clean. In the long run, he will stand clean. He will survive arrogance. He will, he will survive um, um, trying to build something for yourself. He will survive trying to go ahead of God. He will survive not being spiritual. He will survive all those things. He will survive it. Do you see? He will survive it. That's how things work. So that ability to survive this is what qualifies you. So some of you, maybe when I brought you, you looked at him, and then maybe you looked at me, right? And you had the hair distance long. So some of you, even when you were in church, you were coming here just to be here, but you were following us in Kumasi as your actual church. But here is where you come and just, they will ask you, so you come, right? Don't worry. When I started preaching to people, they were looking at me. 
spying me to see if they will be convinced, right? Sit and wait. It's a marathon. What must be done to prove wisdom will be done? And it is not about you. I've had people come to me to apologize about things they thought of me in their head that I didn't know. You understand that? Yeah. I'm sure very sure some of you come and apologize to your pastor too. Hallelujah. You come and apologize. So we use consistency, patience to prove wisdom. Not manipulation and the appearance that you know what you are talking about and making people fear you to save their mind. You don't use that. So if you're a husband, that's how you prove your wisdom. It's over years. Yes. If you're a woman, this is not to tell you that <laughs> fool, right? But I'm explaining to husbands why they should be calm. Some of you wives also are offended that your husband doesn't accept your wisdom. You have to also prove your wisdom. You understand? The proof of a woman's wisdom is not in the fact that she can say wisdom. The proof of a woman's wisdom is in the fact that she can exercise self-control over her emotions and can choose to send her emotions as and when. The proof of a woman's wisdom is not in the fact that she can speak wisdom. Because the thing about wisdom is that if you even speak wisdom today, how will we know that tomorrow you speak wisdom? Do you understand that? If you speak wisdom tomorrow, how will we know that the next day you speak wisdom? The only way to prove your wisdom is to overcome the normal problem with women, which is to be led by the way they feel in the present. And that is your proof to your husband that your wisdom can be trusted. And this one too, you earn it over a period of time. In the way you behave yourself, you feel like, because you are angry, then and why are you talking like that? Because I'm angry. No. There are people that when they're angry, they don't also talk like that. Why are you not in that category? You see? So you can control your emotions. So that your emotion, which is a blessing, because the way the woman operates is a blessing, but it's only a blessing when it is rude. So the more a woman learns to rule that part of it and does not become spontaneous. Nobody likes volatile people. Do you understand? You just blow up like a volcano. Nobody can trust that. So you'll be speaking with somebody, there's a prejudice against you. The problem is not the wisdom. There's a prejudice against you that you are not stable. So we are not sure where this wisdom is coming from. There's a prejudice against you. You always speak to relieve yourself of any suffering as a woman. You want to take a step that will relieve you of some kind of suffering. You want to take a step that will make you happy in the moment. That's the prejudice against you. And we don't remove prejudice in a day. It's over a long period of time. There are women that when they met their guys or their husbands, their husband will tell them that, ah, you are the wisest person I've met. Oh, such wisdom. Such... When they finish gathering you, and you are now their wife, and they are with you, your every wisdom is questioned now. <laughs> you said they lie to you. Know, the early part is like, everybody has that season where something else clouds their judgment. So when they saw you, what the vibes that were coming from you clouded their judgment. So when you even cough, it's a beautiful sound. You see? It's a beautiful sound. But now the air will clear. The eye will clear. Man will now become normal. And then when you say, oh, let's do A, they want to do B. Let's do C, they want to go back to A. 
Then you even say, oh, then let's do it. Then they'll say, if you are saying that, then it's me we should be doing. <laughs> it's when you understand that like, you don't stress. Of, when you see this in your marriage, you say, ah, did I enter the wrong marriage? No, no, no. You change marriage, you've been in the same one. You change the problem. By the time you finish changing, change, changing. Maybe the first one was even better, but you can't go back. It will be the same. You see, it will be the same. So you have to prove yourself. Everybody has to prove themselves. When, when, I'm, when you are dealing with me, you are not dealing with me as a person. You are dealing with the image you have constructed in your head about me. Me as a person, what, what, what shoes? It's just I have ears, I have eyes, and I have a big head. You see. When I was saying, they used to call me Ebo T. <laughs> I was called Ebo. You see, Ebo. You see, and then head T. You see. So maybe that's what you see. Hey, this guy. Wow. Now, the actual thing you, you see is what you think of me. That has been constructed over a period of time. That's been constructed over a period of time. So you should give you, when somebody meets you first and they are dealing with you in, initially, they don't have much about you. So they make assumptions. So you should not be offended when the assumption doesn't go your way. You have now time to build that image. That's why you don't misbehave. So if you just do things for effect, it goes into the person's head as the image they have of you. Then when they are dealing with you like that, you say, I'm not like that, but that's how you've been behaving. And they form that image in your head. So if you want to earn respect, be consistent. They will respect you. It's just time. They will respect you. It goes both ways. Hallelujah. So what you, when you go home, there's no evil day, right? So you need to bring, drink, bring chicken. That's true. <laughs> no. When there's no evil day, tell me, bring some, let's try to understand, let's try to make sense out of all it. Let's try. That's, that's the time for it. When you are under attack, eh, you don't have time to learn anything. You don't have time, like, Obebre, we have spoken to people that are under attack, they, they can't hear. Hey, it's like you are, a real specimen. I remember when this girl was under attack. I'm sure there are several of us here who might have been spoken to her before. But you see that she, you speak to her, and then you hear that she also has gone to speak to this person. Yes, she has also gone to speak to this person. Yes, she's speaking to this person. Nobody's word will be enough. That's the truth. That's the truth. So people are that it's like you pray for them more. Because if you say A, they will hear it too. But the one in charge will come and take it from them after some few minutes. Then they'll be back to square one. So you prepare for the attack. I'm telling you something you must take seriously. You prepare for the attack. You prepare for the evil day. Hallelujah. And everybody knows where they are going. It's easy to predict. Actually, when you become a bit more experienced, you can predict what will happen in your life. The kind of attacks you are likely to meet. What you do is to prepare for it. You won't change it. You meet it. But you must prepare for it. You must prepare. If you are going to marry, you have to prepare for that attack. That's why we, when we counsel you, some of you will take the joy from you. Because you make the marriage some spooky spiritual thing. You get it. And maybe you may feel like, ah, why are you making it like that? But some of you, now that you are in the marriage, you see. You see that hair. Married, you enter dancing and going like this. Like, we enter like this. Jesus. That's how we enter marriage. <laughs> you see, I saw a clip of people dancing. 
Yeah. This is like, we don't enter marriage. Like, like they turn their head back and come away. That's not how we enter marriage. We enter marriage so badly. Something shakes. You say, what is it? <laughs> then you move. Yeah, chichi, 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 what is it? You don't do like, ah, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey, lovey-dovey. No. Some of you think you found the best person in the whole world. Relax. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why the choice of a partner is not a complicated thing. It's not. Just find a good person. Because the key here is that you must be good. Like good person, as far as you can see, who is trying to follow God like you and you like. Because the problem is not about the person you are finding. The problem is you. You must be good. You must be correct. But I see people trying to make a thesis out of the thing, right? PhD thesis. Then the marriage itself, no. They turn it into homework. <laughs> see? Amen. They turn it into homework. As you are growing now, your temptations will increase. Recently, I was asking them, when I was younger, even in ministry, like 2021, 20, I could easily do some things in the ministry. It's like faith came easily to me. Right? But now faith doesn't come easily to me. It's a struggle to have faith. I don't know if you have experience. When we were younger, it's like, and we got results. Do you see? Yeah. When I was younger, I used to have uh, miracles easily. Do you see? Uh, 21, 22. I used to pray for people with spinal cord problems. One of the strangest miracles I ever saw. There was a guy, there was this in Gamsu. He had a bandage around his tummy. And he was talking to me about a spinal problem. When he went to the hospital and they did the x-ray, the spine was like this. So it's like it should fall in place, right? But somehow some of the... See the spine, I think it's an arrangement of... Things. So some of it, it's like it has shifted like that. And it was giving him pain and he was doing Akito. <laughs> Akito is like this. When you're in first year, you are behind your drawing board like this. So see someone with a back pain. So I met myself, okay. So I gave him some things to go and do. Three days later, we met. So I started praying. When I started praying for him, he started screaming. That's when I learned that at time when you are dealing with a sickness, just before the sickness goes, the sickness actually, the pain of the sickness comes on the person in a very strong way. So that's when he started screaming. He started screaming. He started screaming. Then we finished. When we finished pain, the pain left. Like the pain was not there anymore. Like he wasn't screaming anymore. So I asked me, how are you feeling? Well, when you finish praying for somebody, it's two things. Either they are feeling the same or something has changed. You have to accept it, right? Because you are not the only one involved. I asked me, how are you feeling? He didn't even try to explain. He just stood like this and bent over backward. His leg was standing. His two hands were also standing behind him. You see, remove the bandage. Right? So I said, why were you screaming? Well, we are taking notes. You see, we want to understand what is going on. That's what you do. That's when you get some results, or you move on. No, we have to study how we go, because the enemy will come again at another time, and normally in a very stronger way. So I said, I said what, why were you screaming? He said, when he was being people, he felt going on 
in his back. And that's what was making him feel the pain. So it's like, said, oh, okay, so go and do the x-ray again. When he did it, everything was aligned, right? Wow. So I was telling the Lord, that, ah, but this is, yeah, times you have to pray one, two, then before something changes. Do you see? Or even to believe that reckless faith is not this. You have to build yourself in a certain way before you can be like a drunk person who doesn't fear anything now and then you can now pray for the person, right? And the Lord told me that at that time, what I was riding on was actually the state of innocence. I was at the brink of entering into free will, but I had not entered it properly. So if you, your wildest days were when you were young. It was because your free will partner, it had not kicked in. When your free will part kicked in, there's more responsibility in terms of getting results. Because then your transformation, proper transformation must be taking place with you other than you're not getting results. When you're younger and free will hasn't kicked in, you just look up to God, God says, I'm here. What do you want? Hmm? A lot of us sadly have passed that stage. And that's why your life, you are not easily a Christian now. Reality is kicking in. So a lot of your things that you used to call Christian, it was because free will starts kicking in 2021, they're about 22. So a lot of your exploits you did on the innocence of childhood. When you were younger, some of you had evil habits. You could easily get out of those habits and come and do wild things for God. You could easily get out of those habits and then feel the presence of God. But now, try it. You go into coma for six months. You know you must come out of this, right? But you still can't come out. Some of you, before you take a step, you just need to put on your favorite message. And you'll be revived right now. But now, you can listen to a thousand messages. You know that repentance is not easy to come by. I mean, when you're young, you could easily repent and revive and move on. Yeah. Now, repentance is not sold to see this on the market again. And it's because of the element of free will that has entered. Now, you are at a point where you have to take responsibility. So that when you do evil willfully, its impact on you is greater than when you were younger and you did evil willfully. Its impact on you is greater. It's difficult to get out of an evil that you do willfully now. Because you've grown more. You are in that state where you must take responsibility. You still come out, but you find that, Charlie, by the time you come out, you want to be careful next time. Just a human being forgets. You see? So at this stage, you have to really put in the effort. Other than that, you may not get many things. So some of you are Christianity that you knew before. Some of you are even chasing those days. And so you thought that those days were the days you were spiritual. They all said, no, no, you are not. You are just riding on the fact that some element in you had not been developed, so the enemy could not attack you in a certain way. That's all. So you don't change. There's a proper like state you can be in as you enter fuel. You are formidable. You can be trusted by God now. That's proper sonship. That's proper sonship. Hallelujah. Yeah, you needed just a song. You begin to feel the presence. <laughs> now try the song. You'll be chasing after songs. All your songs will stop blessing you. The only way you start being blessed is that 
change from that evil. Amen. Do you understand that? So we must prepare. That's my message to you. Let's prepare. Let's prepare for the evil day because everybody will meet their own. That's how we are built up. That's how we are built up. So take advantage to prepare. And you know what? When you start preparing, you get to a point where you become good at preparing. Because in God's mind, there is a timetable. But you will not discover it except you really start preparing small, small. You realize that everything God wants you to prepare on, he brings it up. Right, like right now, the easiest way you to know how God is preparing you is to just come to church. You find that what is being taught will be preparing you for what is coming. You see it. So when you don't follow, it's hey, this thing, but you didn't follow. So as you come to church, that's what church should be. This is where we regroup, right? And we take in what we need. Then we go and face life. So if we are being led in our preaching to you, our preaching to you should prepare you for what is coming. Now, it's your responsibility to learn your notes, right? If your teacher teaches you, you must learn, right? So it's your responsibility to learn. But the more you do this, the more even on your own. So God will begin to run a parallel educational system. So it's like you are doing two degrees. The church one will be preparing you, but there will be times that God will be also bringing up things that you should be preparing on in addition to what is preparing you. So now you begin to, your own learning becomes vast. Do you understand that? Your own learning becomes vast. And now, so God brings up, learn this. If you don't learn, you see that after a while, God will bring another thing, right? Then the one you should learn, you didn't learn. You will see it in the future that you should have learned it. So there's a timetable. That's when you start feeling like, hey, I was telling Reverend Sia that I had a dream. Uh, is there a vision? This is, is difficult. You forget whether it was a dream or a vision. One of them. But all of them, you pick up something, right? And then God was saying, I have to repeat a year. Oh. It's like you're in final, year, like fourth year. Then you discover that you are going to repeat. This is not second year repetition. Find the one that you used to graduate. So it was a school setting. So time to present. And then I thought that I could organize myself quickly and present. Then it dawned on me that I could not. And then what then faced me was that then I have to come again next year. Like when you, your thesis is not ready, right? So you have to, the presentation time passed, you have to come again. So when I saw that, and I woke up, do you know what happened? You thought I would be sad, right? That, ah, why am I going to prepare? How, why, what is going to delay in my life? Right? No. Said the baby, right? I was just excited that God would speak to me. This is like God would just, like, because then what I'm picking from this is that God is interested in my life. God has a plan for me. Do you understand? The fact that I'm late there, yes, fine. But for God to tell me this, see, some of the time, this is where some of the confidence will come from. At times, when God finishes rebuking you, some of you become offended. No, it's like, hey, you can't rebuke God. Like, hey, wow. Like, the other side, like, God is rebuking me. Wow. Do you see? Then you go rejoicing that God has time for you. As insignificant as your God has time to arrive on your case and rebuke you. 
But some of you, you are rebuked in a message in church, you feel offended. You don't understand. You know what the Bible says? The one that the father loves, he chastens. But you have to see this thing practically. Then you have a revelation of it. So when God is not minding you, you should wonder what is going on. You should wonder. You shouldn't just be blessed from God say, ah, you are my son, you have done well, go. But you should also be blessed when God says, hey, you have not done well at all. And if you don't take care, right? This and this and this. You wake up and say, well, God loves me. Because God has had time for me. So when God took, I was just like, eh. Right? But the thinking is, okay, now what didn't we do? We have to fix that, right? But the feeling that God will speak that way, it was powerful. It was powerful. And that's how we should treat some of these Like God will start coming on your case. God will start ordering your life. You see that you are on a proper time. You are in school. But when you don't start it by you trying to give yourself to learning and you will not, especially when you even learn something but you don't care to practice it. It's bad. It's bad. May the Lord help us. So what will you do? I'm curious as to what you will do. What will you do? Will you prepare? Will you prepare? Because the evil day is coming. It will come small, small, so then you get a big one. Then it will come, then you get a big one. But the evil day is coming. That evil day is coming. We should prepare. When you are taught, don't sit down and listen to it and walk away and continue with your life. Imbibe it. Let's move on. Another step you must take in your preparation. This preparation doesn't mean you are spiritual though. Please. Eh? This external preparation, now you have to fight with the word of God to gain spirituality. So please understand that. Now the second preparation is to make decisions. This is a key part of preparation that you see, who cannot learn? Right? Who cannot learn? The difficult part is to decide on your next course of action when you have learned. But that is when you have to choose against yourself. You have to decide on things like if this thing should happen, this is what I will do. Right? If this thing should happen, this is what I'll do. It's very difficult to do that. So, some of us, what the enemy does, uh, we learn a lot. It's like the guy that Paul preached to. Is it, I think it's Agrippa. And when Paul preached, it's like Charlie Paul, I speak, please, 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 please. Then the guy says, Hey, go and come again another time. You nearly turned me into a believer. So, the guy says, Hey, I think the way he's going, I have to make a decision. He says, No, no, go. I'll call you again to come. Some of us, that's how we are. We only come to the place where the next step is to decide what our life is going to be. They will say, let's wait. When we get home, let's wait. This what, if you live your life, you are sure uh, not to obey the word of God. You will not even remember the word of God at the time you must obey it. Decision is everything. When I was younger, I had a dream. In the dream, someone was chasing me. Chase me, chase me, chase me, chase me, chase me. Oh! Then I wake up. And you see that dream that you want to run, but it's a slow motion. It's like, hey, your legs become, and the person is coming. 
And at times you even try to run on four legs. I'm trying to run on four legs. We are you. And then I'll have the dream again. The thing is chasing. Then one day I woke up from me and said, Mom, listen. So I decided when I woke up that when I have the dream, I will not run. See the power of decision. I will not run. I will turn and face that thing. Whatever will happen, should happen. I had the dream again. I was, then I remember, hey, no, I said I won't run in the dream. So I turned and I faced that thing. And the thing was coming. When it, I told myself I'll, I'll tell the thing to die before the dream, right? When, it, when the person was coming, I said, die, die. And then the person fell down. I remembered it in the dream. Why? Because of the decision. That's what decision does. So in the chaos, when there's no prior decision, you don't remember the word of God. It's only when you have made decisions. So when you are there, you should preempt evil. Like you should, if this thing happens, what will I do? If this thing happens, what, what will I do? If this thing happens, what will I do? If this thing happens, what will I do? And I will dream Bonnie. So you think that if you tell them, Bonnie will come. No, no. Bonnie no ebeba. Maminka Bonino Ebeba. It will come. Hallelujah. It will come. You have to prepare for every scenario. See, yeah, it won't it was, no, 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 it won't. If you become so good at it, when you are there, you are preparing and you are doing other things. See how you are bathing and you are singing at the same time. You'll you be preparing and you are not even aware that you are preparing. Making decisions, making decisions. And we are prepared concerning everything. Everything. So constantly I'm trying to prepare. Constantly I'm trying to prepare. Like Mamadi normally what she does, we have to go and drop her. Like 4 a.m. You have to 3.30. And where we are, so you have to drive, take your time and before you get to the road. Yeah, so that is what if somebody crosses you, right? All the preparations have been made. It's not when you cross me, I say, what will I do? Right? Say, what if somebody comes with a gun? My first, that's why some people's responses are better than others. My first response, as I've planned, is to take her and push her down in the chair. That's my first response. Somebody appears outside the car because you are not moving fast and is trying to shoot. I take hold her and push her down. That's my first response. You have to prepare. I don't know, when somebody comes... You are dead already. <laughs> you are dead already. You are dead already. You have to prepare. <laughs> One day, we're going to the Diaco top there. In the like four, some man appeared in the road and said, We should stop, we should stop. It was automatic. I've seen that before. I've prepared for it. Accelerator, we passed the guy. <laughs> Like, as he was coming, I was accelerating. Like, you see, that's my point. But if you don't prepare with decisions, remember, decisions, things will meet you. By the time you are trying to decide, you are off. Decisions make you strong when the time comes. It makes you know what you will do. Like some of you, you have not prepared for how you'll be tempted. You see, as a man, you have to get into, if a woman that is your type stands before you naked, what will you do? And there's no one there. You know what made me prepare for this? I had a friend on one campus. One day, he called me. Why am I? Why am I? I said, I'm in my house. I come. When he came, he was crying. What happened? You see, we came to school. 
reopening. And normally, people come earlier than the reopening, especially if you are an executive. Yeah. So he was there, and then he went to visit a lady in his hostel. And when he got there, he did everything, and he left. But he left his book in the lady's room. So when he went to his room, the lady called him that he has left his book. He should come. Right? When he got there, the, he entered the lady's room. The lady was naked standing there. Not by accident. So hey, you could peel you ran out. No. This one is come hither. You see, he said in his own way, he said, by the time he realized he was having sex with the lady, we can't he can't account for the just that period. That's when you will be able to say something took over, right? Mm-hmm. So as he was doing that thing, no, he said. Then he got up and ran away. And that's when he came to look for me. And he feels that he has destroyed himself. I said, hey, this thing happens, eh? (laughs) I said, okay. Let's go into our mind. Let's go into our mind. What will you do if you are in that situation? With the word of God that you know, what will you do? What is the requirement? What's the requirement? Is the requirement that, oh, put on something, oh, wear something? Is the requirement, oh, it's not right, it's not right, stop it? No. The requirement is that do this and move in the opposite direction before you consider anything. You see, you can see a picture before you and not know the picture. You see, there's a blur. That comes before you when you, you, you don't have focus. Camera, right? When there is focus, the things become vivid. That's when you take into account the shape of the breast, right? And the shape of the shape. You see? Like you, that's when you begin. But there is a lack of focus that blurs the thing. So it's like you know that there's a naked body standing there, right? But you have not focused. If, if it becomes vivid, it will get you. Do you see? It will get you. Because other things will begin to take over. Especially when you consider you think that you can do it without anybody knowing. You see, which is always a lie. You see. So we will take it to our grave. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't believe that story. Don't believe that story. You see. So before it becomes over, you have to turn. And go away. So when you go, what will be in a, there was a naked person, but if they even brought the person that this was what you wouldn't know because the focus was not there. You have to plan this, otherwise, you'll be in trouble. If somebody starts texting you in a strange way, what will you do? Oh, so I have to be kind, I have to be nice. I can't just write. No, blue tick. You know, blue tick. I'm not even going to tell you to stop. Right, like, oh, straight to become a negotiation, blue tick. We are done. That's where it ends. You make that statement again. You say, when you text me again, it doesn't come. Do you see? There's not a time to prove that when we get close to the water, will we drink or not? Who wants to get close? No, I don't want to get close to the water. I don't want to know whether I will drink or not when I get close. Some of you, you take steps, take steps. Then when you are at the brink, you say that I want to turn. At the brink, small wind. 
then you fall. You fall inside. So you prepare for everything. And you use the word of God to prepare decisions. If your wife raises her voice, what will you do? Right? Because the temptation is to also raise your voice. It's dominance. The reason of the voice is to dominate. Right? So it's impulsive. What will you do? You don't speak. So if you, you have a feeling that you must always be the one to end the argument with the last say. Right? When you, are going, you stop and let the person speak last. You feel like there's a wisdom that if it comes, it will beat what the person said, but you, you stay. You have to prepare for that. By the time you've spoken uh, yourself, you are shocked. What you, have you done this? And you go and say, hey, did I say this? Hey, did I say this? Hey, did I say this? Did I say this? Hey. You have to prepare for that. I'm telling you. If you're a driver, you have to prepare for the time that you will be tempted to insult the other driver, right? <laughs> you have to prepare. So when you are going, you stop yourself. You have to prepare for everything. Everything. And the word of God that you learn, that's what it should do. You should come to the point where you make decisions. And decisions are difficult because you sell yourself halfway. Like, when you decide you've given up halfway, the evil. When you don't decide and you say, oh, when it comes, no, 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 no. We will know what to do. That's why decision is difficult. And then we will stop you from making the decision. You postpone it. You whatever. It, but to decide. If you decide, you do it. If you decide before the temptation comes, before the evil day comes, you have already pre-programmed yourself. So as a person, you should be playing scenarios in your mind all the time. One day somebody told me that there's a lady in his office that is always getting on his steps. So the lady has that when he is going to work on Monday, he's sad, he's afraid, right? Oh, how? It's because the lady has a way of trapping him. She'll do something, then he will do something, then to turn into something, then I say, she, you have not prepared. I've not prepared. So the fight will always take you by surprise. Even when you have heard a message concerning the fight. So after you see that something will happen to you, you lose the fight, and you later remember, ah, Pastor even preached this before. Pastor even has happened to you before. Yeah. It's because decisions were not made. After the decisions, then you are ready for the fight. Then in the fight, you start becoming spiritual. In the fight, you start becoming spiritual. Hallelujah. But in this process, where you are learning and where you start making decisions, one of the things that you should be very cautious about is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. That's my scripture for you. This scripture, you are going to have to be cautious about it in two ways. The first one is the real caution. You have to be cautious. Because in that state, you are vulnerable. In the state when you have not become spiritual, you are vulnerable. So you have to be cautious intentionally. The second way of being cautious, it will become automatic for you. And I'll mention that. said, be not deceived. Evil communications corrupt good manners. You see how when children are born, they need protection. They need protection from the TV they watch. We don't want them to come into contact with things that they cannot handle, right? Yeah. 
This is a major thing that you have to be dealing with when you are trying to become spiritual. What you allow yourself to be influenced by. This thing, eh, it seems like, oh, it's not anything else. You can stay out. No, because a lot of the things that you are going to have to walk away from, you are going to walk away from its influence. There are things that quietly inside you, even though you know you should not be here, you like to be there. I told this story some time ago. When I was in SHS, we came from vacation. And no one came from vacation because there's nothing to do. We were sitting there and people were telling stories. And I found myself in one of the courts, I think court two or court one. Right? And then some of my mates, my housemates were there. So these people were talking about their exploits at the beach and like they took a lady to some place in the beach and they did this and somebody said, yes, I need to, I did this. So I was there and I realized that, ah, what they are doing is bad. But I also wanted to sit there. You see, what they are saying, sometimes some of us, that's what we do. What you are saying, oh, it's bad. So you think that you are become, you are the voice of reasoning amongst them, right? Ah, stop saying that. Ah, would they what say you? Would they, ah, would they? Quietly, quietly. I'm telling you, quietly, you like what is going on. There's an aspect of you that finds what is going on enjoyable. It finds it edifying. You are, you are taking it in. You are enjoying it. And those of you at all kinds of workplaces, this is key. I realized, ah, this thing is bad. But I could switch into the hypocrisy of enjoying it by telling, trying to tell them you are bad. Ah, stop that. You say, continue. See, you like to hear the stories, right? Because it's feeding on the last that is in you yourself. Do you see? So I got up against everything that was inside me. Right? And I walked that way. And I didn't step. When they gather, I will never go there. It took a lot to do that. But I'm sure if I had stayed there, by the time I realized certain things that were not possible for me, I will start beginning to see that they are possible. Certain steps that were too far away from me before, they will become normal things now that I feel like, ah, they need to, I can do. They need these steps I can do. Now, just like the way the word of God prepares you, the word that they are also speaking will begin to prepare you for evil. Some of you, your first taste of certain strange evils, you did not just wake up one day and say, let me enter. You were amongst people that were like that. And they spoke about, they preached to you. They preached to you. They did evangelism, right? They preached to you. And then you stayed there. They preached to you. And then you stayed there. Some of you, you are at workplace, and the men, they are talking about womanizing, right? And this girlfriend, and how this, they met this lady, and how Charlie, the girl, Charlie, the girl, she fired. Then you are inside. What are you, not serious, crying? I'm here to tell you that the reason you have not walked that way is that quiet, even though you are saying with your mouth that they are not serious, there's something inside you that likes what is going on, and it is feeding on it. The more you give yourself to such communication, all the learning you are doing and all the decision-making you are trying to make will not profit you. It will not profit you. So if you, you see how we are talking about trying to be spiritual, right? trying to have access to the spirit of truth, right? If you have friends, people that you deal with on a constant basis who are not pursuing these things, and their communication makes it sad that to pursue things in the world is rather proper pursuit. You will lose interest in this pursuit. 
with time. Let me leave you and go. By the time I come next time, you would have gone back to pursue the world. Because where you sit, you know, they are talking about pursuing money and they are talking about self-actualization in the sense of gaining materially. You are not talking about a man's wealth that's not consist in the abundance of his possession. Where such discussions take place, that's not where you are constantly. You come here once a week. But you are in where contrary discussions are taking place and they are, they are making certain things of great value, right? Making certain things of great value. Mm? If you have money, then you are something. Oh, Barbara, if you have a house, hey. And some of you, you are married. So you come home and you bring your frustrations from there, right? Yeah. You have to vacate all those premises. Otherwise, you don't stand a chance. You don't stand a chance. This is real. The reason why you see it is, as I'm even telling that you should vacate, to pain you. You don't want to. You say, oh, they are not serious, but there's something inside you that has an affinity towards it. Because human beings, we have said that if we abhor something, we don't want to be there. So if you even abhor someone, a human being, you don't want to be in his presence. In the same way, even your spouse, when you are so angry with your spouse and you lie on the same bed, the only way you will cope on the same bed is for you to face the other way. You cannot face something that you don't like. Everything inside you will reject it. You can't. So you look somewhere. So when you see that something, you know it's normal. It's a sign that what is inside you does not agree with the person at the time. I'm not saying that what Dan or like oh pray now when you please before you go and read your spouse and say hey it means that when you face some because at times some sleeping position is more comfortable than others you understand so please don't don't please hallelujah yeah but my point is that you think that oh you don't like it but why are you facing it why are you sitting there. The people that you are amongst, what their heart is after is money, money, money. Some of you, <laughs> you are with people, please, if you are trying to travel, you are not the one I'm talking to. You are with, but you are people that, oh, the, we must travel abroad, we must travel abroad. By the time you realize something good is happening to you here, in this Ghana, but you go. Because of where you are. Doctors. Yeah, 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 go, let's go. But then you are planning a life, and it's not because you sat down and you were led by the Lord. It's because this thing seems realistic and the only option for you, and it's because of the people that you have surrounded yourself with and the constant communication that is coming to you. And the thing about evil communication is that it encroaches in a stronger way than good communication. Because God, uh, in his good communication, is calmer. He doesn't force you. But evil communication devours. It's like it pushes you. By the time you can't sleep. By the time you are planning things. You, I've seen people who have done things out of nature. Like, like outside their nature. Like you know that this person is not like that. But the person has taken a step. So me as a pastor, I read people a lot. And I'm able to pick where you have been. You see, I'm able to pick it. I know you are here because, no. Some things, except that you are in, amongst people that are saying it makes sense. As you alone sitting somewhere with the word of God, you know, you will never think it makes sense. Some of you women will find yourself in certain feminist group, right? And th- there are different types of feminists. Huh? So you have to check the feminist one that you are in. There are feminists who are bitter and they don't like men. There are feminists who don't want to have any duty in their marriage. 
There are feminists who also feel like women can do more. You get it. So they don't have a problem with society. They want to rather place the pressure on themselves, the responsibility on themselves to break the ceiling, right? That's a better feminist. But if you go and join some feminist, by the time you realize, you come home and then you are beginning to look for ways eh, to be a feminist. You know, when you were doing I do, I do, you were not a feminist. You were a normal human being. But now you're a feminist. So if you're a husband and you see this, relax. Eh? Relax. It's just that what lions then anymore. Your wife has fallen into some evil communication. So you can plan. There was, I mean, when I met Mamadi, she had friends, right? She had friends. I did not go, hey, don't talk to this person. No, no. But by, by the time I was done, I had removed her from all her friends. Because I knew that the impact of those friends, uh, I, I don't like. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I introduced new friends. I, I, you, see, I, you want to share something with her, but because you are beloved, she doesn't want to. So I found a shepherd for her quietly. So I went and did the discussion plan. So what I wanted her to learn, that's what the shepherd was using to shepherd her. So we had discussions. And then we smuggled things, right? We smuggled things. We smuggled things. Yeah. You see? So we remove your friend. We remove that your friend. We remove this your friend. In the matter you are left without such friends. Then we'll into oh, this person is a nice person. Get close to this person. Like this person is a good person. This person likes you. You understand? Then we remove, we remove. Then the communication becomes better. But if you stay in that evil communication, you see, what we are talking here is not popular. It's not popular. To seek actualization in spirituality is not a popular message out there. So you lose it easily if you don't preserve it. That's why I tell you, have friends in church. Have friends that you do. Because it's better to have people who are pursuing the same spiritual things. Otherwise, you'll be corrupted by people who are not pursuing it. That's the truth. You think that, oh, but, oh, but. Right? But you check your own life and see. How far are you able to run without the input of people who are supplying things that agree with the path that you want to walk on? You just need somebody who is also walking the same path. You don't even have to talk. You'll be challenged to walk on that path. But all the people around you are not walking that path. They are doing something else. And you, your light is so dim, but you don't see. Because there's no light around you to compare. When a uh, white shirt has, right? And you think it's white. No, be the proper white. And they are say, hey, you have to change location. Right? You have to move. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you think you can be amongst these people that are so unspiritual that you think you are spiritual, not knowing that your light is about to die. Your light is about to die. So if you succeed in this, you have to vacate certain places. So if you are in certain WhatsApp groups, you have to check out. You see why I say, why I saying I want to get out. So if you, you can't even do this, so like, so if you have, you have a friend that is bad, influential, say, no, I don't want to be friends again. You are afraid to say it. You are in a relationship and it's bad. Step out. He hasn't done anything to me. She hasn't done anything to me. What do you mean? It's bad. Stop it. That's all. He says he will not agree. <laughs> what do you mean by that? So he should continue being in the relationship. You are gone. Right? You should be inside. That's fine. 
But you have to learn to step out in full community. You see, you see, the thing, you see, Paul is careful here. He said, don't be deceived because he knows human being. Like, he, as I'm even telling you, he knows human being, that you begin to make exceptions. And he said, don't be deceived. Please, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. It will happen like that. Evil communication. And it's not evil like communication. No, this is evil relationship. This word communication is relationship. Contact. And it has the ability to corrupt good man. So the question is, who is corrupting you? So if you can stay among certain people, you can't even talk about your spiritual desires that are pushing, drive. That you, you can't talk about those. Things. If you are amongst a group that you can't talk about side things, you shouldn't do there. So if you're your workplace, you have to stop eating lunch with some people. We now said the window most I say we are called lunch. Then we now boys, boys, you have to exempt yourself and eat your lunch alone. Hey, you you don't like to mingle. It's okay. I beg. It's okay. I don't want to mingle. I mean, like even me, people have accused me of many things. Even when it comes to ministry. They've accused me, but hey, please, I beg. It's not by force. It's not by force. Because I know myself. Let me listen, 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 listen. I know that I begin to consider the possibility of me myself executing such things. So please. If you see things on social media, you watch. You see a lady coming to stand there to shake herself. You tell let me just watch and then it's ready. I just want to see what you know. You are building yourself up for failure. You have to run away. Push it up. Push it up. It's not today that your problem is coming up. This one is a brick that is being laid there for the actual problem when it comes. So you stay away. You have to be careful. What you use your eyes to watch. What you give yourself to. You say, oh, no, no. Be not deceived. Be not deceived. And at this point, where you are learning, where you are making decisions, it will be a bit difficult to let go of the evil communication, but you have to. That's what will give you a chance. So if you are full of last because you have received last full information, you have read last full books. Yeah. Oh, it's not, it's not anything. It, they just they didn't show much. Right? You see. But that's what you are doing. Why is there in a movie two people that are not married? You are wishing that it is time for them to have sex. How many of you have wished that before? Like, uh, what's his name? Whatever, whatever. Jacob loves uh, Nina or something. And they feel like, hey, they try to delay for like 45 minutes. Right? You just, ah, it's nice, right? You see how you forgot that they are not married, they've not done any of this. And it's a one-night stand. You forget. So if you say, in secret now, Omunye free. You see, you are being prepared because sexual tension will build between you and somebody, and that will be your answer. Just follow it through so that the tension will go, everybody will be. Right? Then you move on. See how it works. You are built up to wish for things that you forget your doctrine. You see your doctrine, you forget it. Then you are wishing, it's like, if it doesn't happen, you become offended. 
this is somebody's wife is mistreating him. In the movie, they share he finds an, he finds another lady and he starts becoming inclined to that lady. And yeah, you feel like that lady is nicer. So when he's even cheating with the lady the first time, you don't think it is cheating. You feel like he's tired. He needs some relief. And now the lady is there. You forget that it's called adultery. Right? You to you find in a situation where your wife is misbehaving, what will you do? This is your wisdom you remember. Because anytime we want to take a step, we like to be sure that the step is acceptable to us. You understand? So your level of acceptability when it comes to life, you are building it. What you find acceptable. So if you influence yourself with this, when you're about to take a step, you go into your head to see if it's an acceptable step. And a lot of people, the acceptable step is in a movie, a, a set of movies, high school movies. Like I was talking to a pastor, he was telling me that some member in church said uh, he went to learn with a certain lady, a classmate. And when they were learning, by the time they realized, they kissed. You see, we get to a point when we complain about it, we say, say yeah, yeah, do, do, because it, it can happen. Right. What is your reality? What is your acceptable reality? High school movie where the boy looked at the girl's face and the girl looked at the boy's face and then they saw that they loved each other and then the boy brought it and the girl brought it and you say, kiss, 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 kiss. So how can you go and learn with somebody that you have a beloved in another university? So you went to learn with a classmate and then you kissed. Go to campus, is there. Like, this is the least thing that can happen. Like, students are now cheating, like, all over. Why? Because they have built an acceptable reality from what they've subjected themselves to over the years. So when they check into their mind, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. When they check into their minds, there's nothing wrong with it. When they check into their minds, there's nothing wrong with it. Do you know what the Bible said about Lot? He says that his righteous soul, because he lived close to Sodom, his righteous soul was vexed by the happenings. Have you seen that scripture? Pull it and let's see. So you pitch your tent close to evil, that's what will happen. No matter how you think you are strong, no, nobody is strong that way. Because evil encroaches in a way that you'll be shocked. And to want to pitch your tent Close to evil means that you have an affinity, a certain attraction for the evil already in your heart. And that's what you are allowing by pitching your tents. Other than that, you should abhor the evil. Ah, uh, for that righteous man dwelling among them, do you see? In seeing and hearing, vexed in what? See, it's not like in doing no, what you know who be. Right? So if you go to Instagram, be careful what you find there. I don't say don't go there because you may have to, but be careful. You scroll, something will fly. Let it go. Like for me, I don't even watch. You see the video, maybe accident. Then the, I don't watch it. Not that I'm afraid though. It's part of this my thing. I'm not afraid. What will it do? It won't do anything to me. But I won't watch it. You send it to me, I'll delete it. I'll delete it from my phone. And I'll tell you not to send such things again. I don't watch it. Somebody's watching on their phone, I will not be there. I'll watch it. Some of us are negative in our thinking. We have, when the enemy is trying to give us imagination, we have already prepared for it with the kind of things we have allowed our eyes to see. That's why if you're a doctor, you have to be up and be pushing. 
Because there are things you see. Hmm. You see, the things you will experience, you have to push back hard. Other than that, it will destroy you. It will eat against your soul. It will vex you to the point where you lose feeling for certain things. And because you are amongst a group of people who have also lost feeling, right? You may not even see that you are gone. You are all the same. Like drunkards, right? Doctor, those people, which other profession do you see? An ambulance worker. Somebody must do that work, right? But you have to prepare yourself. I tell you, you have to, when you are there, you are not there. Do you see? You are dealing with a thing like a robot. You are not letting it lead to you drawing some conclusion. Because it's not just the thing that you see. Your mind quickly begins to draw certain conclusions. A coping mechanism enters in. And you have to make sure that you are coping in the right way. Other than that, hey. You turn into something. So, because of the things he saw and heard, he was vexed. And it was from day to day. Day to day. So for instance, if tomorrow you'll be vexed. Right? The next day, Tuesday. No wonder. There's no wonder by the time you come back on Sunday, you are barely entering the church. It's like the finishing line that like you have to dive. Because Charlie, yeah, Charlie, Life has just beaten you. Then some few things will be shared with you, and then, but the next day you go for vexation, right? You'll be vexed, you'll be vexed, you'll be vexed. You have to train yourself to stay away. You have to train yourself to switch off from certain conversations. You can't run away because maybe you have to do something. You have to train yourself to switch off. You have to train yourself to have something in your ears. You have to, you have to do everything. It's not like, oh, it will go. It won't. It won't. Hallelujah. Yeah. Even in society, we know. So you're good Anna, or talk bad company. Anna. That's how it is. So when we are my mother said, Mempa Yonku Yonku. Right? But that's not the thing. It was need to uh, where I've come to is because of friends. Dizzy, if you have good friends, if you have good friends, you get somewhere easily. Like you push. When I went to Achia Mountains to, on my own, I, it was because I went with a friend. I can't get her from my house, pick her bag, and go and spend 11 days on a mountain. So say, I will have many reasons why I shouldn't go. But if we are two, right, we'll go. We'll go. So to a yonku yonku ye, but you have to see the friend who maybe I will pitch your tent to do. See what is happening there. If you join yourself to people who are correct, they will drag you. You find that you hit always above your level. And it's because they are pulling you. So if you you are with that group till the enemy plucks you out, and then you are outside unguarded, not knowing that you can't stand alone. And I tell you, you have to watch it. You have to watch it. You are there, you are there, you are there, trying to, and then you meet a man. 
Ruth. And that man is not correct. But you are looking for a man. You are there, you are there, you are there, Paco. You meet a woman. See, all the women, when you ask them, they don't even say yes. So, let me go with this strange woman. Meanwhile, you are now trying to follow God. You are becoming correct. It's a trap, right? Then, do you know what you do? You will not talk to anybody that will tell you that don't go. That's when you begin to talk to your friend at work. You begin to talk to your old classmate who doesn't understand God the way you have been trained to understand God. You begin to talk to your mother because your mother doesn't know what you are discussing. You will not come and talk to any of us here. Because you know what we'll tell you, right? So you find Ufawafiku, right? You and then they will encourage you. This is it, this is it. Then you stay inside. What do you think? It's a trap. Do you know how come this trap succeeded? When God was telling that, define the kind of woman you are going for. Define the kind of man you are going for. You left it open. Do you see? You've left it open. So what will you do? Now, somebody can sneak in. But if you made decisions a long time ago, right? People are disqualified already. Some, of you, some people shouldn't even get close to you for you to consider them. But because you have left the door open, if I make it too now, what if I don't get a husband to marry? What if I don't get a wife? Hey, you are better off without a husband. You are better off without a wife. If what you will get is a non-spiritual person, you are better off. I know you will not think so. But marry somebody that is going the opposite direction as you. And you say you want to come home. You want to come home and rest. When you are now trying to marry, then you want that feeling that you two have married. But when you finish, you see the hair. I liked it when I was single. Recently, a lady that was our senior has died. They put it on our page in school. The person has died. Why? Because she married somebody and the person abused her and she killed herself. Juicy. Mm. I'm sure maybe she saw it too. That this person. But so, so if you, you've come, you've dated a person for four years and now you've seen a reference. So you've dated for. So let's just cross the finishing line. But you've been in the mind for 40 years. So your four years, and what is it? You step out. Things you do, but give it some one month. Everybody will forget about you and you go on with your life. See? So, back to my point on communication. Some things can become a good idea. Depending on where you sit. Oh, young Kotsnatsna, baby, where can happen? Boys, boys from work, you're poor, you're Kotsna, baby. I don't even understand that language. You're Kotsna, baby, saying. No, no, me, the only person I sit somewhere with is my brethren. You see, me, my friends are my pastors and the church people. You people are my, like, I don't know anybody, like, I'm dealing with you, like, no, no. The other people I know, they're maybe dog, right? So, me, me, cross, me, come, me, find my name, cross, right? Me, 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 and I say, that's all. The rest, which other friend do you have? You, must our friends be limited to people in church? Must our friends be limited to people in church? How many friends do you even need? No, you check it. As a human being, you are Like, you have time to deal with all these, your friends. 
We don't have time. I'm not saying like when you see somebody walk away. No. There are people that, oh, hello, hi. You start five minutes, you move on. You understand that? That's there. But the people that, you see, they are friends that we want to be dealing with all the time, right? We like them. We want to be talking to all the time. Don't talk to a person because they are funny. Don't talk to a person because they are nice people, but they are unspiritual. No. If you find that the person you want to be talking to all the time is that kind of person, change it. The one you want to be talking to all the time eh, should be somebody that is on the same path as you. Spiritual path. Hey, pastor, pastor. Okay. Check your life. Check your own life. Evil communication corrupts good manners. And it has a way of laying waste every effort God is making. Because you always go and find yourself in that place. And if you stay there for a while, you will pick up that same activity. You pick it up. You pick it up. Hallelujah. So that's when you are trying to be spiritual. Then when you become spiritual, that's what is automatic. Because you abhor such places. There's the one that you don't, but you have to drag yourself and run away. Then there's the one that... He said, when you are there, you say, well, life now, like, I'm just giving an impression. You see how you can use capillary action to bring out petrol from the, the sun. I say, yes, siphon, they've put a tube there. It's not going quickly, right? But it's being siphoned out. And what about being spiritual is that you treasure the treasure. You see, you treasure the spirit of truth you've made contact with. You don't want to let it go. You don't want to let it go. So any place that there's a possibility that Rebecca be be at their uh, quench the spirit, you don't want to be there. So voluntarily, you don't want to be in certain places. When people are saying, "Oh, this is normal," you see last staring you in the face. Hey, we were we've been here before. We finished with last. Last, we are not friends. You don't want to be there. That's when automatically your movies. Start becoming small. You're small. You say you just have a small collection. See, then I won't have movies. So how many movies do you want to watch? Yes, because every day it will make you this. You don't want that. It will put this in into you. So you don't want that. It will put you don't want that. Your friends become few, and it's not because you have to force yourself. Because where you are now, you don't want to. You start wanting to be on your own more. Because it will give you more time to know the Lord and to learn, to understand and all that. And it's automatic. Before, if you are not amongst the people, you are not happy. Now you begin to separate yourself intentionally and you love the idea. So that's the second avoiding evil communication. That one becomes automatic for you. It becomes automatic. So when you realize that you are losing interest in some people in your life, you have to check why you are losing the interest. At times it's a good reason. So you don't force to establish it. Some of them will try to force to establish it, but it's too late. It's too late. Like Madi's best friend. When I met Omadi, I was the one responsible for their separation. Do you see? And then now they are back together. Do you see? She's married to Anosofu. Do you see? And I orchestrated and did the pushing behind for them to be close and tight friends again. Do you see? What do you think? Yeah. Because at that time, like, we would not be here. They would have multiplied each other's badness, right? I'm not saying badness, like, but, but 
look for God, be intentional, to sacrifice for God, those things will not come. But somehow on their own, they seem to have succeeded at it. And now, they have become quite understanding of each other's pursuit. And so when they meet, come and see the discussions. You see. Yeah, so then it was powerful. So you have to work away. But you see, from JHS 2 or JHS 3, my closest friend was Pastor Timmy. We did everything together. We learned together. We took steps together. We did her. We did some strange things together. Everything we did it together. We went for the same classes. We did everything together. I'll leave my house. His house was quite far. I'll leave my house and go to his house and just go and be there. You see that kind of thing? It's not like we have anything to do. Just go and be there. Then you leave his house, come to my house, too, that our parents got to know each other and all that. So we're like that. We wrote BC. We were learning together. We went to SS together. SS2. We were close. Learning together, doing things. We went for extra classes in SS together. We wrote Novdeck before they were BC together. We all jumped and came to university together. He was in this house in uh, County. I was staying in his room majority of the time. Second year, we were not tight again. Why? Right? Because he was going for editor in chief in this or whole politics and all that. By that time, I started looking for God. So I got another friend. He was my best man. Uh, Pastor Austin, Jeffrey Austin, we became close, second year, third year, we did wild. So as I was looking for God, I would see Pastor Tini's poster somewhere, vote for this and this, and he had his friends, and those places, so I stopped visiting. I'll meet, maybe I'm going to like, Charlie, how are you? Oh, Bibi Akode, oh, Charlie, okay, then we'll move. When we even meet, we don't have anything to talk about. Second year, third year, fourth year, I was leading prayer meeting at Pajo, and then he heard me in, in this, because he was an executive or past whatever, he was in the next day, the executive floor. He heard my voice, leading, she, leading, then he heard, he said, no, no, this. So he came there and joined the, this. He was not in Gam today, he came to join prayer wing. That's when we became close again. Fifth year, I went to the same hostel with him, the same room with him. At that time, he was a TA. Then became tight. He's a pastor now. He says that, oh, today I'm not a pastor again. I'm not looking for God. I am looking for God. I am a, I'm, a, I'm going to stand as Baumia's running mate. We are done. No eternal investment. Because in heaven, you only be with the people that you are similar to in spirituality. So we don't waste time building friendships here when it will not go anywhere. But I'm too callous. It's not when I meet you, I say, go away. No, we deal. But what else will we do? And I'm telling you, it helped me. This is my friend, Ostali. Oh, we can sit down and discuss scriptures for hours. Hours! But your friend, if you bring up a scripture by the time, oh, eh, is that what God said? Okay, but I want to eat ice cream. <laughs> we branch from there quickly. How can you survive in this environment? How can you survive in this environment? You come and be in my house. We'll talk uh, by the time we are morning is coming. Right? Talking about the word of God, talking about the ministry, how we have been called into it. It was he, he was my friend that made me even believe, like, well, you have somebody that to even go into a ministry is a sensible thing, right? It was because he too was going into the ministry. And the good thing is that he knew that he was going to the ministry even when he was in JHS and things. And I just came to find out second year in university that actually man can do something for God. So he really encouraged me. 
you wake up and say he has had a dream. You tell me his dream. Say, wow. Well, yeah. Then I'll buy, I'll see a book. I'll read it. He'll read it. He'll see a book. He'll buy it. When he finishes, I'll read it. So you have the library. You have the library. So if you, you don't have anybody that when you're buying, you're building a proper library, you say, okay, then you are in the right. All your friends are not buying such books. See, if you are doing something and you have somebody doing the same thing, you have that comfort in company is there. So we lost touch. Then we became close again. Fitia, we're in the same room. Fitia, I think he started. He went somewhere, I forgot. Then, when I finished school also, we went to rent the same house. Remember that? So he was in one room, I was in one room, and another person was in the other room. Then, when I left that place, because I was going to marry, we left that old house, and he came to stay with me in my house. When I married, he moved into So we'd we be like that. Where you went to say, we stay in the same vicinity. See, that's where you check us. Even in Kumasi, watch how we, we live. There are people in Kumasi that when they are looking for a house, say, no, I want to, because I want to be able to get up and walk to this, my brethren in the lost house. Some places, when you have to travel from Kasua, please, if you are living in Kasua, relax. <laughs> when you have to travel from Kasua to, where do you stay, Yasabe? Dawenya, right? You won't go. Well, if you went to see that some spirit will touch you, but you won't go because it's too long. But that's how people now even start living close together because of the influence. Because of the influence. But they understand that, Charlie. Some places when you go, no impact. So your workplaces, be careful. Especially your workplaces. Because that's where you spend majority of your time. The conversations that go on there, the kind of things that happen there. Hallelujah. Me, when I said I was going to the ministry, there were so many people that were against it. If I stayed among them, I would have also changed my mind. I walked that way, stayed far away. And that's how I was able to preserve the idea. Because it's not normal that you are trained in school as an architect, you say you are doing ministry. Please, what will you chop? What will your parents chop? What will your family members chop? And especially if you are good. If you are not good, you see. <laughs> if you are intelligent and you are going to work for God, you say, hey, you are throwing away all your intelligence, right? So God, yeah, he doesn't like intelligent people. <laughs> so you have to change your friends. You have to change the communication. So I mean, there are people that I even know, I will never bring up a certain discussion. Even my own wife, some years back, some discussion, I'm bringing it up. Because I didn't think that maybe she was at the level to appreciate the spirituality of what I was talking about. So I'll never bring it up. We talk about other things. But I may meet someone else, maybe another person who is in, in the ministry, and I'll, I'll be eager to talk about such things. You understand? Because things are sensitive. I thought I'm not building confidence. I come and tell me and say, mm, mm. <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> this is, mm, mm, what does it mean? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Oh, sure. That's one thing I don't like. So if, you, if I'm, what's happening, don't do that with me. I've not told you, so I've tolerated it, right? Don't do it. Sure. I don't know what it means. <laughs> sure. Or I see. 
So you do something. I'm trying to. I've seen the Lord. The Lord visited me and he said, We will do what? He texted me. I see. So I was supposed to say, Wow, really? Oh, wow. Glory to God. So I'll text it to such a person. We all look for the one that will support us, please. In the same way that when you want to do a bad thing, you can come and tell me, Pastor, I want to do a bad thing. So what do you think? You hide with your bad thing till I can't do anything about it. The, the day you reveal the one you want to marry is the day that nobody can say it's too close. You say, are you sure? It will be like we are, you are already deep, waist deep. We can't do anything about it. You see? So me too. I'll not say some things because I want encouragement. It's a spiritual part. So I'll not share some things. And that's my point. And the more we grew spiritually, the more our communication became better. Yeah. Then now we talk, 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 talk. You see. Hallelujah. So at times, even in marriage, some of you say, oh, my husband doesn't like communicating with me. There's so much that we need to analyze concerning them. So I will come. What he has to come. Like, you, you want to talk about a... The fact that they said Kidi has liver cancer or he doesn't have liver cancer, right? You want to talk about, Charlie, the hidden meaning of the word of God in Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. So what should we do? <laughs> uh, what should we do? Let's talk now, right? What, should, what will we talk about? So we all build ourselves there by the time we are becoming friends. This is like, I tell people that, see, I want my, my, my wife to be my friend. I want my husband to be my friend. I say, no, he that will be a friend must first prove himself friendly. Mm-hmm. Then we can talk as friends. I mean, I can sit with you and I won't say anything. All I do is say, hmm, okay, hmm, hey, hmm. That's all. I have nothing to say. What you bring and what will happen. So then that's when we look for something. So it's part when maybe there's something going on on TV. Then we all watch it. Right? Yeah. But when we start liking similar things, because what I'll say, it will vex your soul. And what you say, it will vex my soul. Because it will not support what my desires are. And it will not support what your desires are. Maybe what you're after, when I speak, I'll make it. Are you sure? Have you prayed about it? And then you two don't want such things, right? Or I'll discourage you. Maybe say a good thing. Then I don't think so. I don't think so. So you don't want that. You are more inclined to talking to people that will support what you want. That's how it is. Hallelujah. Because I'm not saying that if you are married and there's no communication, say then we can't talk. No, you try, but there's a point where your desires will have to align. The more your desires align, eh, the more the communication flows. That's true. Nobody likes to fight. You see, it's maybe can you meet him? Nasa ebe dano kundi anye ana. Mamempe ubi fufra meeting ya enine disang common ana. Hey, hey, please! Before you misunderstand me, please. I'm talking about spiritual things. Before you are say, my wife doesn't like talking to you. So I have this lady that likes to talk to me. Please, I'm talking about spiritual, like we want to discuss scripture. Yeah, please understand that. Uh-huh. Before it turns into a, an excuse. <laughs> One means we are, we are interesting people. So that's the communication part. Hallelujah. 
Ask your neighbor, what will you do? Well, that part is always important to me. And that's the decision part. Have you made some decisions already? Aisha, or you have left it free range, what will be, will be. We'll be back next time. And what is your problem today will still be your problem. Make decisions. By the time we meet again, we'll be sorry. I'm telling you, decide. Hmm. Decide. What will you do today? What will you do tomorrow? What will you separate yourself from? If you have done something, it's your life now, you see. So if you separate yourself, say, your life is empty. No. Separate yourself. Let your life be empty. First. Then you start filling it with other things. So you have to start facing a day of loneliness and nothing. Because that's when, if you are into a certain habit and thing, when you stop it, that's what you, you are left with. But you don't stay there for long. You begin to build newer ones. Newer ones that you may not like, like the way you like the old one, but you build it anyway because it's good. Eventually, you love the new habits. Hallelujah. So if you, you can be on the phone chatting with a certain friend for five hours. What will you use those five hours for now? Right? And the feeling that you get when you chat with such a friend. Some of you, you are talking to somebody who is married, but you have not said that you are dating the person, but you know that you are, you are enjoying the person's attention, right? Stop it. Hey, so who will give me attention and you will be there without attention forever, right? Then maybe you find the correct person who will give you some attention. Or, good news, God is there to give you attention. You don't like God's attention. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. May the Lord help us.